Have you ever been to a museum? Okay, that's a stupid question. Have you ever been to a museum that made you furious? Absolutely appalled. Okay, bear with me for a second. This is me in the 8th grade. I'm reading a poem by Alexander Griboyedov. You've probably never heard of him. He wrote a play called Woo from Wit. And I can declare, this is one of the best pieces of literature ever made. If you want to argue with that, well, just know that you're wrong, okay? So, I learned the main hero's monologue from the play by heart. Yes, I was that kind of kid, and I still remember it, so I am still that kind of kid. It starts with, so who are the judges? Why is it important, you ask? Well, the author, Alexander Griboyedov, one of the best Russian writers, was also a diplomat. In 1829, he was in Iran, but a group of fanatics stormed the embassy's building and killed everyone, including Griboyedov. The only way they were able to identify his body was by his pinky finger. Griboyedov wounded it in a duel when he was young. The Russian government demanded punishment for those who stormed the embassy. But the government of Iran just made a gift to Nikolai I, the Russian emperor himself. It was a diamond called Shah. It weighed 18 grams. So Nikolai responded to the generous gift. He said, I consign to oblivion this ill-fated incident. So he pretty much said, who cares about the writer? Look at this shiny thing. And now this thing is at the National Diamond Fund Museum at Moscow's Kremlin. And so there I was, standing in front of the weirdly shaped diamond that kind of looks like a pinky finger, the only thing that helped identify the corpse of one of the greatest Russian writers, and there is no mention of the story. None at all. This was just a gift from the government of Iran. And that's what we're going to explore today. What is the purpose of museums? Why are they important in understanding our past and also should museums play a role of institutional activists? So, telling stories that are, are pleasant to tell and to hear. And in this episode, you're going to hear two more voices that are going to guide us through this topic. It's Professor Michael Wheatley from the School of Applied Museum Studies at Algonquin College. He worked in museum interpretation for more than 25 years. And also, you're going to hear the voice of my co-producer, Sebastian Menendez, who visited Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, and there he went to a museum that is controversial, to say the least. This is Activism is Dead. Long live activism, and I'm Ari Sirkissian, and well, here we go! First, let's establish what's a museum. Oxford Dictionary suggests that museums are buildings. Well, we can go deeper than that, right? An adventure. Historical. Artifacts. Civilization. Where the British display their trophies. Well, thank you, fellow journalist students. What are museums for? Trophies. It's a hoarder's dream. Learning. Exploring. Preserving. Learning. Or teaching. Or, or displaying stolen goods.
Thank you for that. Well, the International Council of Museums, yes, it's a thing, says this. A museum is a not-for-profit, permanent institution in the service of society that research, collects, conserves, interprets, and exhibits tangible and intangible heritage. So, what I'm most curious about is the interpretation of the objects that we're seeing in museums. Basically, all these objects are sort of the material evidence of man's existence. So, our job in the museum with interpretation is to kind of put some context into that. That was Professor Wheatley, by the way. But whenever we have room for interpretation, there is also room for bias. And that's what Sebastian saw at the Yushukan Museum in Tokyo. The unique aspect is the glorification of soldiers involved in suicide runs. So, at the end of the World War II, Japan was trying everything to turn the tide of war, including kamikaze planes that would crash into the navy of the Allies. More than 3,000 Japanese pilots were killed, and there were approximately 7,000 casualties among Allies. As I read a plaque describing these men as brave, instilling fear in the enemy, it struck me just how tragic we forget the world wars were, with the soldiers that served from ages as young as 17 years. I even witnessed citizens bowing and praying, showing their respects near the museum. And a lot of people around the world were condemning the museum for that lack of balance. For a contemporary museum, well, that's kind of out of fashion. What you're going to find a lot in museums now is, you know, everything isn't quite so black and white. Um, so as museum pre professionals these days, we're, we're being less authoritative and curatorial. Like, it's not, you know, we're preaching these messages. It's involving people more in a discussion um, so maybe uh, like what I tell my students to do is try and set up situations where it can be a little bit more interactive right mm -hmm. so we would kind of think about you know like here's two sides to the story and which side of the fence are you on or are you in the middle or what is your opinion right mm -hmm. so we can have this dialogue about things but there are still opinions that are so fundamentally different that they can't coexist near each other. You know, like a good example would be, um, you know, a creationist museum, right? Where you have, you know, some people are like, you know, they're more biblical and they have their take on the matter. And then you have science has its take on the matter. So if you have a creationist museum versus a natural history museum, the two viewpoints could be quite different. But balance is still going to make some people angry. For instance, there was a bomber's panel at the Canadian War Museum. They were talking about the bombing of Dresden by Allied forces in February of 1945, where at least 25,000 civilians died. The city was completely destroyed, and many historians today are saying that the bombing had no strategic significance at all. And the veterans got really upset because of the take that it was, the, mm -hmm. the, like what was written in a couple of paragraphs on the panel. Mm -hmm. People were like veterans who were, you know, involved in the Second World War were very upset at 
you know, the take that was yes. made on the on the, on that writing, right? So the museum felt the need to make that statement, observation rather. Here's what happened. Here are different opinions. Yes, you might not like them, but deal with it. And whenever that does not happen, whenever there is no context to follow, whenever there is only one opinion, museums stop being museums. This episode was produced by Sebastian Menendez and myself, Artie Sarkisian. Special thanks to Professor Michael Wheatley and my fellow journalist students. Listen to other episodes of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for today. May no one and nothing be consigned to oblivion. See you next time. <laughs>